Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope to help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. Hey, here's the High Impact Man podcast coming at you with another episode we're listened to by countless people across the world because really is countless because we don't know how many, so we haven't counted. Hundreds of hundreds of Hundreds ones. and hundreds at least, right? Yeah. All right. Are we still, is, are people still listening to us in Moscow? That's the only question I have. Yeah, Spielberg says yes. Somebody in Moscow is listening to us. We're going to cause a, a rising up of the people. Wonder who that is. If you're the one listening to us in Moscow, send us an email. Yeah, We'd yeah. Love to hear Contact your story. us. We want to. We want to hear from you, man. Um, heck, we even have you on the show. I don't even know why. You must be a high pick man if you're listening to us, right? Yeah, that'd be quite a time change, though. What is? Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll accommodate. If we, we will. Have to. We'll. Yeah. Yeah. Dial up got up at three three o'clock this morning for work anyway, right? That's right. We're ready to roll. All right, so anyway, we're coming to you with another episode with a high-impact man. We've got a guy named Josh Hawkins here today. His F3 name is Toe Mater, and uh, you're going to find out why he's a high-impact man. He uh, is a member of our PACs, uh, so we know him pretty well. Uh, but uh, Mater is, uh, is a guy who's a leader, uh, both in his family and community, but also at work. And we're going to talk to him about uh, he, how he's been impacted by F3 and the impact he's had on the community. And other people. My name is Nevin Gorky. I am known as Defibbin the Gloom by my F3 brothers. F3 stands for Fitness Fellowship and Faith. If you don't know what F3 is, look it up because uh, you're missing out. If you're a guy, uh, honestly, uh, F3 is for everyone, even in the uh, core principles, which is that we're open to all men. That's right. But it's free. And it's a workout uh, group outside, always has to be outside. That's a rule. We end in a circle of trust, but it's by. it's mission statement. It is a, a leadership development program and how guys become better leaders, more virtuous leaders in their lives. And we have men come on here to tell their story, to inspire, motivate, and encourage other guys. And that's why we're going to talk to Mater today. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Troy Klinger, known as Dial-Up in the Gloom. Dial-Up, you tired? Get up at three this morning. I'm doing all right. You ready to roll? Yeah. Okay. I had a little bit of cherry vanilla Coke. Yeah, I didn't, is, even, I didn't even offer it to you Which is today. my coffee, so... I always, I always uh, rock and roll. Supply cherry coke for you, but today I didn't. It's okay. Still love you. I know. Thanks, man. But I did <laughs> offer you sopadillas. That's right, sopadillas. I was expecting meat for some reason, but it's That's a dessert. I usually eat meat. It's a dessert <laughs> instead. And they're good. It's a yeah, some kind of Mexican dessert. I never like heard a, it until my wife made it this weekend, and uh, yeah, they're really darn good. It's kind of like a sticky bun kind of thing with cream cream cheese, cheese right? Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, like a cheesecake square, sweet cheesecakey, cream cheesy goodness. It's good. Lots of calories. Lots of calories. Yeah, that's why I'm giving them to you guys. Efficient calorie loading for sure. Yeah. Kudos to you for getting uh, Tomater's name correctly. Yeah, because, I know. Uh, it's kind of gotten shorted, it shortened was. over the years to, yeah. to Mater. Right. I think just recently I had to put out there in Slack and just say, "Hey, y'all." Yep. Technically, we specifically at the at that beatdown when we gave him his name said it's it's Tomater. Tomater. So. Is it T O or T O E? T O E. T O E. Okay. Tomater. Just like the dude from Cars. That's right. That's All what right. he was named after. We're well, going to find out uh, exactly why he is named that. Uh, so, Mater, Mater for short. Mater, welcome <laughs> to the, the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah. You're here in the Nan Cave as Dial Up has named this because I'm the Nantan. This is my Man Cave. I love it. Yeah. Like the weight bench, the Peloton. Yeah. Yeah. My wife uses the, <laughs> the Peloton. Peloton. <laughs> 
Yeah. My wife uses the, the listeners. Out, yeah, let's see it. The listeners out there are going to be able to like, D-Fib has a Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> D-Fib has a Peloton, but if his wife rides it. I did ride it for a while. What are those core we, principles for F3? Yeah, outdoors. Yeah, I outdoors. I, 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 you ride it. I see your shoes over there. I haven't been on that Peloton for at least two years. <laughs> at least two years. Hey, you can always supplement, right? Do you have a pair of spandex shorts? No. Okay. I do not. No, but maybe I should get some. No. Nope. Really? Yeah. Ranger panties are good enough. <laughs> I think I'd prefer I think I prefer the spandex over the Ranger panties personally. Really? Yeah. For you, not oh, for me. For right. you. Oh yeah. well. <laughs> I'm sure not, I'm not sure how to take that. Mater <laughs> Mater like spandex. Got it. Check. <laughs> yeah, my wife and daughter really give me a hard time that my wife, if she ever finds the Ranger panties, she's gonna throw them away, she says. But uh, yeah, warm for the race we ran recently and some pictures were taken that she saw. She's like, You gotta be kidding me. You wore those things. Yeah. They don't make me faster, but I look so good in them. <laughs> a lot of leg. A lot of leg. <laughs> a lot of leg, yeah. There's no doubt about that. A lot of leg. All right. Well, Mater, uh, why don't you tell everybody, all the F3 guys out there are going to want to know, uh, how did you get involved with F3? Who EH'd you, and how did you get your name? Uh, well, I think um, multiple guys asked me to come, but I'm going to say probably Troy uh, Dial-Up was uh, was probably the the maybe first and last one that got me got me there. Um and, uh, I mean, it was pretty easy because it sounded really fun to me. I was kind of excited to, to try it out. Um, and once I got there after the workout, I was exhausted. wasn't sure <laughs> how quick I wanted to come back, but it's, mm-hmm. it's kind, of, kind of addicting and kind of feel uh, almost, almost peer pressure without the peer pressure. Like I right. want to be there for, for everybody that's, that's there. And it's nice that I feel like everybody wants to be there, mm-hmm. you know, to support me as well. So. Um, it's just a, just a great community of guys, uh, to, to kind of be there to, to work our bodies with, but also just to, to be there to talk, you know, with for 10 minutes after each workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, you, you joined fairly early, right? You, you know what, how early on? It you was know, like May. Well, yeah. we, that's when we launched in May. It was only a couple of weeks after we launched. Yeah. This 2020 we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So just a couple of weeks later, I wasn't, I wasn't there for your first beat down. So I, I had no. Yeah, it was a Saturday you came the first time, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a shake and bake, right? We only had it was Saturdays. Definitely not a shake. That's and true. Bake. We only had, yeah, yeah, we had, we didn't, yeah, we only had one day. That, back when then. we started, it was just Saturdays. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think there was a good, a good crew. Um, three Pac, I think, was the cue, because I remember he was the one that uh, had the final say on the name. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. sure he was the cue. Um, three Pac was pretty good with names. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was uh, it was a close call. He was gonna name me Ford, so big <laughs> big shout out to him. Appreciate not being Ford. Uh-huh. Uh, that would have been been a little rough for me. You'll understand that a little bit later, folks, yeah. when we get into that well, part of the conversation. That's fine. Yeah. So for uh, people that uh, that don't know, for all the countless listeners out there, mm-hmm. um, I have a Chevy dealership, so I'm very fond of of uh, Chevrolet. Not so fond of Ford, um, but. So yeah, it was it would have been a tough pill to swallow, sort of like uh, my kryptonite, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> true. So so Mater only could have named them like Geo or right, yeah, or all those other defunct uh, GM brands, Pontiac, right? Oh, right. Pontiac, right. GM or uh, Geo Prism, Geo Prism. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So he owns the local Chevy dealer and uh, tow Mater, of course, from cars. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, tow truck. I'm kind of kind of a bigger guy, so it's fitting, I think. Yeah, Mater and I are Clydesdales. Uh, we were the only 
The only two Clydesdales at the race we recently did. No yeah. one else was uh, I think gazelle. I had 100 pounds on everybody at the race, just about. Yeah, there was a lot of skinny people running <laughs> yeah, up that mountain. And for sure. You and I were not one of them. <laughs> but, Mate, but Mater shows up at Shake and Bake for our running. Hey, hey, pretty much morning, every Monday. You, I, I saw your Strava today. You ran pretty fast today. It was my fastest uh, time on Strava so far. Which wow, fast, yeah. Dang, setting records. Time, yeah, yeah. work. That's awesome. I'm getting slower. You're getting faster. <laughs> Oh well, that's right. I don't care anymore. Dial up. It's okay. I don't, no, seriously, I'm just I'm 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 gonna be I'm gonna I've been you know having some anxiety about this. You're gonna suffer where you're gonna settle for mediocre, mediocrity. Is that what you're well, saying? I'm gonna keep trying, but I'm not gonna worry it about as much because I just know that I just need to enjoy it and get more miles in. Well, I got to say, I'm, I was, I'm a little soured by coming in in second place at the Tussie 50. <laughs> right. So I gotta I gotta cut my time down a little bit. Right, yeah, yeah. We're training for next year. <laughs> we were the first losers for the uh, seven eight man team. We were it's uh, unacceptable. Place. Yep, seven eight man all men team second place. That's we're gonna leave it at that. It's funny. <laughs> we had zero expectations of right of placing or anything like that, and then suddenly we thought we were in the lead. Yeah, they told us we were in first place. Yeah, we thought we had it won. Yep, we, we were, were living, we were ready we're to pick up. For about we were ready. Minutes. We were ready to yeah. pick up our plaques and medals. Right. And uh, then they said the team that started 30 minutes behind us beat us by like six minutes. Yeah, turkeys. Oh, well. <laughs> Next year, you're going down. I yeah, can't. it's the truth is that if you had somebody besides me, you probably would have beat them. But or me, yeah. It is what it is. It's all good. We still love you guys. And Some, somebody has to be the slow, slow we, guy. You are welcome back on the team next year. Well, thanks. It's all for fun. You do realize I'll cry if I'm not. I know. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't want to cry. That's all right. We're not out to win it. We're out to just do something different, have fun. Yeah, and Mater, you ran the the Blue Ridge too. I did. I did. Yeah. It was really, uh, really fun uh, when it was all said and done and when it was over. It was absolute misery for me when uh, while I was running, but it was really fun. The camaraderie and uh, and the whole uh, setup was just really, really cool to kind of be in a van with five other guys for a day and a half and yeah. sleep deprived and kind of pushing ourselves really hard. We'd be getting some hard commits for that during our live recordings here. Our, uh, yeah, I'm I'm good for it. All right, there it. we yeah. go. That's another one. Add them to the spreadsheet. Commit. Add it to it. I don't have the new spreadsheet. Or do we all have it? Yeah, it should. Oh, you might not. I'll send you the link. Uh, you guys left me out. I'll send you the link then. Okay. All right. I still got a lot of time to train for that one. Mater did uh, some big mountains down at. Uh, yeah. What legs too. did you have? Oh man, um, I think that I was. Well, I was eighth on this last one. I forget what legs I had. I had the same leg as your first leg when you did it, but I okay. can't remember. Right. So which that was section. leg seven. Like no, leg eight. Eight. I had eight. So yeah. Eight. So I was eight up both. So you would have had eight, nineteen, and twenty, thirty, right? Yeah. I had eight, twenty, yeah. and thirty-two. But you guys had one less guy, two yeah. less guys. Yep. One less guy. One less guy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you had eight, nineteen, and 20. Yeah, we talked 20. about that leg because yeah, there's the there's, monster mile. Yeah, there's that the darn big hill at the yeah. end of that one. Like, oh, I didn't expect that. Yeah. yeah, and I heard the footsteps behind me as I'm climbing the hill, and I just I just gave in, and as they passed, I started walking, and and I'm like, oh, good job. I'm like, I can't I can't do it anymore, and like I'm just going ten more steps, and then I'm walking because it was <laughs> like a straight up hill. For, yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, I remember that hill. Was remember, your uh, was your mountain leg the second one or the third? Third. Third. It was uh you had like eight hundred feet of climbing or nine hundred feet of climbing was, or something. That was like a that. good bit. That was that was a good bit. And um it it was gradual to start with. So I had I don't know, a mile in of pretty gradual climb. 
And then I'm not sure. I don't even remember how far it was, but it was probably half mile or three quarters of a pretty steep climb. Yeah. And uh, it was that part was brutal, but then I was kind of saved by the downhill, and then it was just so long after after the downhill. It was a very modest climb after that, but it was just so long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seemed like forever. How for many me. total miles did you get in that race? Uh, 14.2. Yeah. I think. All right. Nice work. Yeah. And up until then, my the longest I had run was shake and bake, was like four miles. So I was an alternate because I had COVID. <laughs> right. Never thinking you'd get called upon. Yeah. And I was like, can I be like the second or third alternate? And I think I was the third alternate. And I was like, I was feeling pretty good about myself not having to run. Uh-huh. Uh, coming coming off uh, COVID two months earlier and just still not, you know, not breathing well or not feeling like I was breathing well. And I got called up and I'm like, oh, I guess I am an alternate. I guess I got to go. Yeah. So he gritted it out yeah. and did it. Just yeah. remember, you can, it thank, I'm, yeah. you can thank the guy sitting across from you. <laughs> Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg had a drop. Well, he, in fairness, he did. You had COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had COVID. A little yeah, fresh. He, he had like he a couple like, weeks before. Yeah, sick during the race. So. And you're a hard commit for next year, right? Yeah. Spielberg says right. yes. Speaking to the microphone, Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> Spielberg is the most famous non-famous guy in all of podcasts. Man behind the curtain. Man behind the curtain. All right, so tell me, uh, I know you grew up in Danville, right? I did. So yep. tell us what it was like growing up here, how your you know childhood was. Uh, I mean, I, I love Danville. Um, we grew up in the country uh, over in Riverside, and I just I just always loved being outside and running around. And uh, Saturday was always like a big work day because we, we, uh, we lived in the country, and it was just always like grass or trees down, stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as a young kid, my dad and I were always out doing something outside, which was, which was really fun. Um, and I, and I just enjoyed it. It wasn't like work to me. Like it didn't seem like work. It was just, just really enjoyable to be active and outside and, and doing that kind of stuff. Um, and then we had a wood stove, which my sister was allergic to. Oh boy. So we ended up, um, using electric, which wasn't efficient. So we moved into town um and uh i just i don't know i i just really like the small community i like i like everything about danville mm-hmm. and i hear people say how you know like going through high school can't wait to move out of danville or do this or do that and i always thought it was just really strange i'm like why would you ever want to leave like right. it just yeah. it's home and it's just uh i think the people are great people are all generally all really friendly and i'm comfortable where i know people um so i no people in Danville, so I just I just really like Danville. Cool, it is a great town. Yeah, yeah. And you were an athlete. What what sports did you play? Um, so I uh, played football. Um, I went to um, Bloom Christian through eighth grade, and I couldn't play football, so I convinced my parents um, that I needed to go somewhere where I could play football, <laughs> and um, went to uh, went to Danville then, and uh, was on the football team. Um, had um, I think lots of lots of great coaches there, um, Joe Mahoney, uh, Coach Adams, uh, Coach Wiley, Carmen DeFrancisco. So it was all kind of through through those years. So it was just uh, a lot of really good learning experiences and, and just really fun. Mm-hmm. And you were a linebacker, right? I was a linebacker. Yep, linebacker and a tight end, running back for for a couple years. Didn't quite have the yeah. have the speed for that though, unfortunately. Mater looks like a linebacker. He does look like a linebacker. Yeah, a linebacker. Yeah. I didn't know you played tight end though. That's yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, I, actually, I could catch any ball thrown to me unless I was wearing a helmet with a face mask. <laughs> when I, with the helmet on, I had a really hard time catching the, catching the ball. But, yeah. but uh, with the helmet off, man, I would you, never, you, never drop a ball. You needed a helmet with the, the old kicker ones that had, just, d- the sing- that had just the single bar, yeah, right? Like the or a leather helmet there. with no, no face mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a, a, a vice principal in high school. I'll tell this real quick. So I was in high school, and uh, a buddy of mine, uh, we were up on the top floor, and these windows were open. There was this concourse below us, this open concourse, and he threw my books out the window. So I grabbed his books and threw them out the window. Then we both <laughs> went running down to get them. And by the time we got down there, the security guard had the books, and he's carrying them into the office, and he takes them in the vice principal's office. And so uh, the vice principal called us in. We, he wanted us to tell him who threw our books out the window because it never <laughs> dawned on him that we threw each other's books out the window. <laughs> and it's like, and there were a bunch of guys, it was a Friday, so all the football players had their jerseys on because it was pep rally and stuff. And they went, which football players threw your books out the window? I said, oh, we can't, we can't tell on those guys. We can't do that. And so for three periods, <laughs> we sat there and we, he would say, I'm the guys, you need to tell me or else I'm going to have to suspend you or something like that. I was like, oh, man, we just can't, we just can't you know, rat on these guys. I mean, nobody got hurt, you know, and, and he, then he would go on to tell us about his, his football career. So I was a basketball player. I was a captain on the basketball team. So he was talking to me about basketball. Then he, the other guy was a wrestler. So he's talking about wrestling and stuff like that. And then he shows pictures and he, he was an all state football player when they had just had leather helmets. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Migolsky. Mr. Migolsky. Mr. Migolsky. <laughs> he even called my parents, right? My mom was home, puts my mom on the phone. And my mom's like, you tell him right now. You can't be suspended for a day. Like, Mom, I just, I just can't, I can't do that. I can't rat out these guys. And finally, after about three periods, he says, okay, just get out of here. <laughs> right? So we leave. We didn't get in trouble. We didn't get suspended. Missed some class, which was cool because we were just sitting there reminiscing with him about sports and stuff. I get home. We're having dinner. My dad looks at me. He says, you guys threw each other's books out the window, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at him like, how did you know? Really? You how did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I couldn't good. get anything past him. So, All right, yeah. Oh, so, go so ahead, sorry. Oh, so, Major, that reminds me of a story that that you had shared with me once. And I don't know whether this is off limits or not, but oh boy, this can, is trouble. Can, <laughs> so, can can we talk about the hopes that your mom had for you being president? Oh boy, and and why you ended up not being president? <laughs> I, I I don't know if I want to talk about why, but but yeah, I I um. I had a lot of fun in high school and uh, <laughs> I had a couple really, really good friends that uh, were a little crazy and you could, you could just, you could just, you could just share how it ended with your mom. Then. Yeah. We got, we got in a little <laughs> bit of trouble and um, the next morning my mom came to me, you know, very upset and sharing her displeasure with me. <laughs> and uh, that's when she informed me that now I could never be president. Um, <laughs> and, and she was serious and I was like, I was like, yeah, kind of heartbroken for her a little bit that I wasn't going to be president. His, but his mom I, had really high hopes yeah, for Mater. Yeah. Oh man. So, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I've seen a few guys in presidency now that I think, you know, I, yeah. I think I could do it. I think, <laughs> I, think I could do it. Couldn't do I, much I worse can't than wait to talk to your mom about that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell yep. me about the time. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, my mom always held like I think really high standards for me, which was, which was really good, and I always tried to live up to them. So that was that was tough. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I don't know. It just made me feel. It kind of made me feel special, and it kind of was like. Yeah. It, it was. It just made me kind of step back and was like, wow, 
you felt it, it's the disappointment, right? The disappointment for sure. I'm not angry with you, son. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. The just worst thing. The worst yeah. thing a parent can tell you. Yeah. She has really high standards for a president. Because <laughs> you didn't go to jail or anything. No, right? no. It really, it really wasn't. Was it was what was your dad like? So it was a mom pretty strict. She had oh, pre, she, well, had, she had pretty ran a pretty was, tight ship. Was your dad more relaxed or? Uh, I mean, that's that's hard. They were, they were both. They both have high standards. Um, and I mean, I was pretty much an angel growing up. So of course I was, mm-hmm. I was a good kid. I had one, one little slip up. Um, <laughs> they should have known me. Yeah, no, no. Um, it was a weekly uh, occurrence with me. I th- I think he, he was kind of the enforcer as I remember when I was little. Yeah. I did get spanked a few times and you know, he was working all day. So he would come home and, and he oh. would be the one that would uh, deliver the spanking. The yeah. classic, was, wait till your dad gets home. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, boy, did I have to, that was, yeah, that was torture waiting until dad got home. Ah. So then you wanted to, you wanted to King's College, which is yep. my alma mater. That's right. King's Played football for Kings. Yep. Yeah. And uh, what, what did you study? What did you get your degree in? Uh, so I majored in marketing and had a minor in business administration. And you had uh, planned the whole time to take over the family business? Um, I kind of did. I kind of did. Like I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, but at the same time, I was also thinking I might want to look at other options as well. Sure. Um, but that was but that was really what I wanted because, um, you know, I wanted to be in Danville. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just enjoyed being around the dealership and all the people like everyone, everyone at the dealerships just was like family for me growing up. So, um, I was, I was really drawn to it, but at the same time I wanted to experience a couple other things, um, too. So I had an internship and then I applied for a couple places and, um, out of college and my sister wanted me to apply where, uh, where she worked, uh, which was travelers up in Connecticut. And they had like a, this job fair and they probably had, I mean, it was enormous and they probably had 15 or 20 different openings, <clears throat> but there was one and I can't remember even what it was, but it sounded really fun. And I thought I could, I could do this for a couple of years before, you know, I go, go back to the dealership. And, uh, they only requirement was you had to have a 3.15 GPA. And, uh, I thought I, I'll, I'll like sail through this interview. I'll get this job. I'm like primed. I have uh, the football background. My sister works here. I got I got an in, and uh, the the woman started at the interview, and she's like, "Well, I see you have a three point one two interview, three point one two GPA. You have to have a three one five. And I was like, "Well, I was like, if I would have studied, I probably could have got a three one five, no problem." And she's like, "Well, sorry." And yeah, I was like, "You didn't study, so uh, but I did." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I was like, really?" So that was wow. the first time that anyone ever told me. That, well, I shouldn't say that, but the first time that it sunk in that grades were kind of important. Huh. It's at least the second time we've heard that on this podcast. <laughs> well, what was the first time? Gandalf. Oh, Gandalf. Remember? Gandalf was all the early acceptance. Yeah, we want you for right? yeah. uh, law school. And then <laughs> they're yeah. like, well, we didn't realize that you <laughs> were stupid and didn't apply yourself in class, right? Yeah, and he's really smart. And a lot of those, right, and a, right, a lot of those offers then went away. Yeah, uh, so he, I feel like I'm very smart as well. Just, I think you just were, saying, you, you weren't applying yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gandalf was a genetic experiment, so he's yeah, this is true. He's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> Gandalf is off uh, defending our chunk country in Kuwait, uh, sitting behind some desk and playing golf. But anyway, yeah, no, he hasn't left yet. He's in Texas, uh, right. Learning how to heading out soon. Do something. He's See, a lawyer. So you're third generation owner, right? I am third generation. Third yep. generation. My uh, 
grandfather uh, moved to Danville from Tennessee um, and worked for the previous two dealers. And uh, he he bought the dealership from uh, Mr. Kent. It was Kent Chevrolet. Oh, I thought your grandfather started it. No. Nope, nope. Okay. He worked for, uh, he was a sales manager for uh, Bill Lewis. And Bill Lewis got sick. And his uh, nephew, I think, took over. It was it was Mr. Kent, and then my grandfather continued working there, and then bought it off of uh, off the Kents. Nice. Yep. And now it's third generation Hawkins Chevrolet. That's, That's right. right. All right. That's right. And so I'm guessing your par- like they didn't hand the keys over to you just to start like running the place right off the bat. So like how like how did you how did you get started working at the dealership and kind of pay your dues and so uh, in high school uh, we had a gas station. I started working at the gas station, pumping gas, um, and I would I would work like I don't know, like an afternoon shift, and I'd always take my mom's car in, clean the car while I was pumping gas, because I don't know, it wasn't that busy. Cause it was like one of two full service gas stations in town, right? So apparently, people like to pump their own gas. I would say, right? Um, but so so that's where I started, and then I worked in the detail department, um, and actually, I probably worked in detail ever since I was like eight years old and shoveled snow and kind of stuff like that. Uh, and then I started selling cars when I was 17 or 18, uh, during the summers. Um, and that was really fun, but I really wasn't, it probably took me two or three years till I was like comfortable and actually was, was able to sell a couple cars. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of a slow start there. Um, and then after college, um, I, I uh, came in and worked in sales again, and then there was a transition with the sales management, and I kind of worked hand-in-hand with um, a sales consultant that was working with us full-time, um, and he kind of showed me, uh, taught me a lot. Um, and then I hired um, one of my best friends, and he took over as sales manager, and I transitioned into the service department. Uh, I worked in service for several years, which was really probably the best spot because I got to know all the customers really well and really got to learn the inner workings of of the dealership. Um, And then I took over as a general manager. So in in all that time, there was also some extra training, schooling that that went on with it. So it was um, kind of of a long road to get there, but – um, learn little pieces at a time and there's so many different nuances. So it was kind of, kind of really a good learning experience and was able to learn from a lot of like really good people that have been in the business for a long time. Um, Jim Strasser in service, you know, he worked for us for the longest time. I think he's close to 40 years, if not over 40 year wow. employee. Um, and he just knew everything he was, he started as a service technician and he just knew everything there was to know about cars. And cars changed a lot in the last four yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm telling you, technicians are like the smartest people. They're, they're amazing. Like they know what they did three years ago to a car and how to fix a car just by hearing it. It's kind of crazy. It yeah, that's pretty mind. cool. I mean, he, you went through like every aspect of the business, basically working yeah, you know, at the ground up, yeah. on all of them, and then you know. So then, when you when you end up being the leader and the owner, now you know what it's like. Yeah. in all those places and stuff. That's that's really amazing training. That's like you know apprenticeship for a long time, learning yeah. everything, being prepared to get being prepared to then lead. And, and it's super beneficial because people will be like, 
well, that's not going to work. You can't do that. And I'm like, listen, I've done this. I know it's, right. it's going to work. Yeah. yeah. Try it, try it my way. And if it doesn't work, then we'll, then we can try it some another way. Yeah. But that's awesome. So you're uh, married. I am right? married. And have two kids. Um, um, so I'm married for over 20 years now. Um, my daughter is 19 as of Friday. Uh, and she's at Penn State Altoona, and my son's a senior in high school. Daughter's playing soccer. Yep, she's playing so- soccer at Penn State Altoona. Yeah, and your son plays soccer in high school. Yep. And yep. Uh, so the the first one to leave the nest. Yeah. How was that? Rough. Yeah. That was really hard. Yeah. Yep. Um. So <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, Lauren and I like to uh, just do like little adventures together. So we'll go. Uh, rip around in the car and just cruise around. We'll go to different farmer's markets and see what kind of junk food we can buy, you know, for the day is always <laughs> just like really, really fun. Or, um, if we're traveling, we get up early and just walk to a coffee shop and just check things out, trying to make every, every minute count. So having her not be around was just mentally really, uh, really hard, Yeah, but it was time for her to, you know, kind of, kind of grow up and be on her own. And, um, take the take that step so i just uh sucked it up a little bit yeah well you're uh you dial up and myself all had uh, a daughter and then a son so and then so his uh, my kids are adults living on their own have jobs dial up the youngest just left the nest this year yep both in college and now you've got one out and one to go yep Yep, yep. So yeah, we're all, you're tra- traveling the same path. It's and, uh, and they're seventeen thing. months apart. So mm-hmm. Mason's gonna leave next year, which will be again really, really tough. Yeah, right. for you, it's bang bang, right? Yeah. Two yeah. two years yeah, in a row, and they're back. gone. Yeah, but I I don't know. I mean, I think I think the first one, I just wasn't ready for it. Like right. just time just went so fast. Yeah, and I just wasn't wasn't ready. And now Mindy and I are kind of talking about like, you know, what are we gonna do? Like life is gonna be completely different. So mm-hmm. it's kind of fun thinking about you know, how we're going to kind of recreate ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we've got a lot to figure out, but yeah, definitely challenging. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So as far as F3 is concerned, uh, it's supposed to be a leadership development, uh, thing. So, uh, how, tell me how F3 has helped you just in general. And then specifically, how has it helped you, uh, maybe becoming a better leader? Um, so, so in general, um, I would say that, you know, the biggest, general improvement is on the fitness side, um, which I've got a long way to go there, but, um, I, I was going to the gym consistently, but I was really getting stale and, and I was just kind of going through the motions a little bit. Um, and I would say, you know, 90% of the time with F3, I'm going, I'm, I'm working a lot harder than I would be if I was just by myself at the gym. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the one, the one general aspect that it's helped me, um, as a leader, um, kind of putting yourself, I, I don't feel super comfortable leading a workout. Um, but, uh, you know, you put yourself in something uncomfortable and you, you know, you kind of become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Right. Um, and, uh, and I've got, there's lots of things that I'm uncomfortable with, but, um, that will definitely help me along, along the way to do things that I'm not comfortable doing. Just, just putting that foot out there and, and, uh, pushing forward, knowing that you can do things you're not comfortable doing. Right. Develops confidence in that area, right? Yep. For sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's great. I I hadn't thought about it because so we have uh, our region. We have a workout every morning, Monday through Saturday. There's only one AO each day, so we're a rural area. Not too many guys, but um, Fridays we came up with we named it Horsepower Fridays, and you're kind of leading the you know the Horsepower Fridays. Yep. Uh, you and Three Pock, but then Three Pock stopped coming, so you like basically took over as leader. A horsepower Friday. So you cue a lot of horsepower Fridays. Well, I didn't think about it until you were just talking that you don't cue a lot outside of horsepower Fridays. That's true. That's true. I don't. So we're going to have to pick a Saturday yeah, for you yeah. to cue. Yeah. Yeah. The horsepower Fridays are, are definitely a lot easier for me to lead. I like uh, one of the things I'm not comfortable with is like the time frame, uh, trying to get things to fit in the, the time frame for the workout. Right. And I worry that um, my workout will be like too quick. Uh, I never worry that it's too long because it, yeah, you can always stop things kind of short, right? But I always worry that that I'll run out of stuff. Um, and with Horsepower Friday, just the way I generally uh, do the workouts, uh, I do it with music and in a timer, so it's like just super easy, right? Um, and the other workouts could be done sort of that way, but it's it's a little more a little more challenging. Yeah, and and estimating the time is always where my hesitancy is. Yeah, and that's so that's it. Some uh, let, advice out there. Yeah, let me look up the queue schedule here, see where oh we can boy. fit in. <laughs> so that, that's some advice for people out there yeah. queuing. Though uh, the they what they teach us and what we should do is, it's better to have too much planned. Yep. Yeah. And then you know, okay, we're done, yep. and not have enough. But if you if you don't have enough and you got extra time, you can always say, okay, let's run two laps or do more burpees or whatever. Yep. So, but yeah, but you're right. That's one of the challenges. Yeah. In designing a workout. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I think that I struggle thinking fast on the fly and then I struggle even more when I can't breathe. So that's <laughs> like, <laughs> which is like it, right. the whole time I'm working out. Yeah. And that's the purpose, right? <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things is, you know, be able to lead when you're uncomfortable yeah. and that you get that practice. That's one of the uh, ways this works. Yep. Yep. For sure. Yeah. So uh, tell everyone like what your routine is for the week. How many t- days a week do you post? What's your workout like? Uh, so my routine, my, my typical week, uh, is I'll hit Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, so mon- Monday's, uh, shake and bake is a, is a running AO. So it's typically, typically running and I'll typically get between somewhere between three and four miles. And then, uh, Wednesday, some other boot camp workout, um, up at, uh, Napper clinic and it's always, always different and always, uh, always fun. And it's well lit, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah, with lots lot of, of traffic lights, yeah. driving by, um, looking at us like, what's wrong with these guys? What are those guys doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that about us all the time. <laughs> um, and then uh, Friday, horsepower Friday, uh, tuner has really picked up a lot of slack and yeah. and leads almost every other Friday, if not every other Friday. Um, and that's that's a quicker uh, workout with coupons, and it's. And uh, so we're trying to get in and out, you know, in like 45 minutes, just maybe 15 minutes quicker than the normal mm-hmm. uh, beatdowns. And then Saturday is always um, another boot camp style workout. And it's usually, I think, and maybe it's just me, but I, I think it's one of the, the more physical uh, workouts where I just push myself a little harder mm-hmm. or a combination of, of both. Yeah. Uh, but there's always a good turnout on Saturdays too. Right. 
and uh, always look forward to uh, going to Perkins afterwards. So that's yes. Kind of a, Can't go wrong there. Best part of the workout, right? Yeah, it is, for sure. Perkins is a local eating establishment. Well, uh-huh. you see commercials. It's, I guess it's everywhere, but yeah. <laughs> and for those of you, well, so Cafeteria is, uh, for us, usually typically going to Perkins. Now, it's just starting to change. During the summer, we could hang out and do some cafeteria, which we started yep. uh, after the workout at the AO, which really worked well. I'll let you talk about that in a minute. But uh, but when the weather gets really cold, we're like, you want to stand around for 15, 20 minutes after you've just gotten done sweating and it's five yeah. degrees outside. Yeah. We're going to Perkins. <laughs> yeah, and not everybody goes, but. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the listeners down south, let's just be clear. We're up in Pennsylvania, so we could, we could be further north, but when we say it's getting cold outside. We're not talking it's getting down to the 50s, okay? Right. <laughs> like, it's getting down to... Zero. Yeah, single Negative digits, five. zero. Yeah. It, gets, yeah. it gets cold, and so it gets a little chilly after you've uh, been sweating. Land of the ice and snow. Stinky, that's right. And then you're uh, trying to... Yeah, you work up drink. a sweat, you know, 10 minutes into the workout, you're you're not too bad. Yeah, even if you bundle up. it's but th- yeah. yeah, but then when you stop, and you're sweaty, and you're not, you know, you're cooling down. And windy. And it's windy. The wind, the wind is. There's cool. a lot of rain here. Yeah. Yep. Standing in the rain. Anyway, yeah. So we, we move it inside. Yeah, we move it inside. Go to so, Perkins. They love us there. Yeah, they love us there. So Tuesdays <laughs> and Thursdays, you don't go. Why don't you go on Tuesdays and Thursdays? Why don't you tell the crowd? Well, <laughs> I, I guess I. I mean, it's 45 minutes earlier than the the other uh, days. And oh, 500. I'm just. I'm just yeah, snoozing away. So <laughs> I, uh, I've really thought about it, but I just haven't. Yeah. And able to pull the trigger. Do you do anything outside F3 beatdowns for, you know, workouts? Well, I too have a Peloton. Um, do you have spandex? I, I don't have the spandex <laughs> and I don't have that comfortable seat. I am like really jealous of the oh, seat. you guys in these big, fat, foamy, cushiony seats. I'm t- <laughs> the, the one I have is is brutal. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't ride too often, but um, every, every now and again I'll get on there. Yeah. And I, but I haven't hit the gym really since I started F3. I used to really like lifting weights, and I still do. I still enjoy lifting weights. I have some weights in the basement, but it's not really lifting weights in, in the basement. I'll yeah. hit weights for like 15 or 20 minutes before I do the Peloton. All right, cool. So Mater is our second FQ. So, um, and that's, oh, when did we establish all the Qs? Was it about? Three, four months in, something like that? Something like that, yeah. So for about two years now, you've been the second FQ. We're going to all be handing this, those those <laughs> positions over here. I'll let you guys know when, uh, but it's coming up. Uh, so tell us about second FQ and, and, and your experience with that. Uh, so so that's the fellowship part where we try and uh, you know make plans just to kind of get together outside of the workouts. And um, we've done some really cool events. Um, we've done bowling. We've done... Uh, axe throwing, which was which was a pretty fun one. Um, we have gone golfing. Uh, the did the par three in Sunbury, right. which was which was a good time. Skeet uh, shooting. Skeet shooting was another really cool one. Lionheart yeah. put that together out in the middle of nowhere. That was really fun. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, and there's other stuff. I can't. I have a, like a whole list of of things that we need to do that I'm going to put out and try and get other guys to to kind of um, pizza tour. Pizza tour. Oh, the I pizza forgot. tour. I, I do the yeah. second annual pizza tour. My yes. stomach hurts just thinking about eating a couple pies of pizza by myself. But For those it. of you who don't know, we don't live far from northeast Pennsylvania, which is the Wyoming Valley, which is as close as you're going to get. The pizza capital of the world. To the best pizza ever. And there's tons of different kinds of pizza. And just an hour away where we live now, I grew up up there, an hour away where I live now, the pizza's terrible. 
compared to up there. There's a couple of places now to open up that's not too bad. But, but another guy, Porky's and I were talking about that. So we said, well, we got to take these guys up there for pizza. So we did a pizza tour last year. We hit four places, mm-hmm. four different types of pizza. And then we went to a hockey game, minor league hockey game. So uh, we got to do that again. That was fun. That yeah. was a really good time. That was a good was trip. A yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite pizza up there? People, oh, people listen to this don't care, but I want to know. I think, I don't remember any of the names of the, of the restaurants. Um, I don't know. I, I want to say probably the last one because it's the one Angelo's. I probably remember the, yeah. the best. Sweet sauce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was a good one. We didn't really get to enjoy that place, though. Like no, we kind of grabbed we, it, ran, and we were like eating took, as we were walking into the hockey game in the in the rain. Yeah, yeah, in the rain, right? <laughs> we had it on the run. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, second FQ, uh, and what we didn't talk about yet is you coach soccer. That's right. How many years did you coach soccer? Oh boy. Well, I started with uh, Lauren's team. I'm thinking when she was probably nine um, and I was kind of roped into it because uh, Lauren wanted to play soccer. So she went to tryouts and there was enough girls for, to form a new team, but they didn't have a coach. Um, so uh, Greg Thompson and I kind of got, got roped into to coaching. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us had experience. Uh, and it's funny because I was a football player in high school. I was always kind of anti-soccer. Um, so it's really funny how, you know, your kids get into something and you form a, form a love for the sport and learn all about it and, uh, and have fun. So how long was I coaching soccer? At least 10 years. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in that, in that neighborhood. But, uh, our first year, the girls didn't win a game. Um, and then the second year they went undefeated. Yeah. So it was nice. All, all because great of great turnaround. coaching. All because of great coaching. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> hard, the girls worked really hard. Yeah. And uh and they and they were young. They were they were uh playing up a year basically. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helped. Um but uh they the last game of the season was against a team that beat them 12 nothing and I think they came out and won 3 to 1 something like that. Yeah. Nice work. Great yeah. turnaround. Sweet. Sounds familiar to our boys, right? Yeah. Well, they got their butts kicked that first yeah. year. And then, well, they uh, were playing two age groups up. And then we started winning some championships. So I don't even remember how many we won uh, league championships. Yeah, I don't remember. Because uh, there's a fall and a spring league. So we probably won probably six or yeah. five. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. So coaching girls, though, that's there's a special place in heaven for us to have coached girls. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always I enjoyed the girls a lot. Like, they were, they were really fun. But it definitely... Uh, definitely presents challenges and and most girls don't have the natural um uh can't think of the the right word uh that i'm looking for here but the natural competitiveness that that boys do a lot of times yeah Uh, so pulling that out of them is is kind of interesting and you know being a guy super competitive right um and uh, it was definitely a a big learning curve for me because i was kind of I don't know. I feel like I was kind of too loud on the on the sideline, mm-hmm. giving the refs a lot of advice the first couple of years. I can't picture you being that loud. Yeah. Oh yeah, you I can. can. Really? Again, yeah. I I can remember my mom telling me, Joshua, you're, <laughs> you're not going to be president again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She she just tell me to you know. You sure you want to talk to the refs like that? <laughs> so I, I think she knew best early on, but it took a she had a, a small I've had a few conversations. So mm-hmm. yeah, it sunk in finally. 
Now I like yeah. to just sit back and watch. Yeah. yeah, then him and I started coaching together, and I, I took care of the talking to the referees. <laughs> so let's see. And I'm pretty quiet. Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. I don't, I don't really give the referees a hard time unless they're wrong and I'm right. And, and, and I know it when I'm right. right. Yeah, sure. And I just I just want to, just once, I'm hoping one of them would admit it. Yeah. Did anybody ever Inside admit it? Inside of me, no, not no, yet. Never admit it. No. But, uh, so in all the years you're coaching, did you, get any, did you get carded at all as a coach? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have unfortunately <laughs> been carded a couple times. A couple times. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, only I don't one remember you ever getting carded. For sure. That I would be with you. But um, we were playing indoor, and one of the boys got body slammed into the wall. And I didn't mean to yell so loud, uh, but I yelled pretty loud. Uh, but I've been quiet the whole time, and one of the other coaches was being really giving the ref a hard time. And then when that happened, and I was just a little too loud. Yeah, yeah last straw yeah. for the ref. Yeah, he was like, that's it. You're out of here. And I'm like, what? First time I said something? Oh, he red card you right away? Right away. Boom. Straight gone. red. Yeah. Was oh, it boy. the young guy whistle twirler? <laughs> so it was it was not at the sports zone. Oh. It was indoor cup down in uh oh. why I'm missing with I the think. girls. You got kicked out of the indoor cup? That, that was with oh, that was Lord. with the boys. That was with the boys. So yep. before I was with you guys yep. coaching the boys. Ah. Okay. Uh, was that played in like a hockey rink style? With the walls were in play? Um it was, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we were we were a solid team at that point and doing really well, but this other this one kid just kept checking kids after the play was gone. Yeah, sure. And uh, uh, Evan Hawes got like slammed into the wall, like right in front of me. And I was, I wanted to grab that kid so bad. I was so, <laughs> I was so upset. And the ref just saw it and like turned around like it didn't happen. Cause a lot of refs, you know, once the ball's gone, they don't make, they don't make a call. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically what the, what the scenario was. He just didn't make a call. Of all the years you coach dial up, how many times did you get carded? Well, I never got a red card. Uh, once, twice, maybe maybe a third time. Mm-hmm. I think. Now I will say I've been threatened a lot more, and I'm sure I, I've been offered. Choice. I've been I've been offered seats to go outside if I didn't calm down. Yeah. Well, so you got some before warnings. I got carded. Okay. That was a warning. That's all right. It's a warning, the and then bulk, I calmed down. The bulk of the threatening is because of the mothers. If you don't get your mothers under Dude. control. Our, You're gonna get a card. Our mothers for our boys team, dude. They're freaking crazy. Like, well, sorry, ladies, if any of you are listening. Passionate, passionate. Okay, passionate. That's a better word. Much better. He, he's got his way with words. Yeah. They are passionate, and sometimes I just sit, I just sit there coaching, and I hear them on the other side. And I'm like, oh, good lord, please. So when you're coaching, you sports. Yes. <laughs> You don't. You're not. You don't just coach the players. Yeah. You have to coach the parents. I've had to have some talks to the parents, and I like. learned this from the guy that taught me how to coach soccer. And so, at the end of every game, the, I would, the girls would come off the field. We would talk real quick, very briefly. You can't say a lot after a game because they're not going to remember it anyway. If you won, celebrate. Yeah, great job, girls. You know, practices, whenever. And then, um, if they lose, say, "Hey, all right, we'll, we'll talk about it at practice" because they're not going to remember. But you cross the field with the girls. And you bring the parents together and girls, and you just give them a quick debrief, and that's when I get to coach the parents. <laughs> and at practice and stuff, and when they're there, I'll talk to them and via email and stuff. But you know, so yeah, it, it's uh, and but you know, some incorrigible. What are you going to do? Yeah, that's right. Uh, some are also not going to be president. <laughs> oh. <laughs> our our parents one time, it, there's video out there, and it pops up on everybody's timeline like once every year. We were playing this team from from Jersey. I don't know what it is. 
Jersey. I think oh, you've yeah. had the same thing, right? I don't right. know what it is about Pennsylvania and New Jersey teams, but when you play teams from New Jersey, like just bad things, bad things happen and come out, you know, on the field, <laughs> between the parents, between the coaches. I have no idea what it is, but our, our parents are up there and it was a physical game and the refs weren't call, calling a whole lot. And in, in my opinion, we were getting a little bit of the short end of the stick on the calls. We, we did win, which was good. But at some point, one of the parents, one of the moms from the other team came down and literally like sits in the middle of our, of our pack of moms from our team. And, and our, our moms thought she was like, she was someone's mom or someone's relative that came down to hang out with them. And they find out that it's a mom from the other team. And the other mom says, I came down here to make sure you stay in line. <laughs> this is a mom from the other team. That was Dude, a big mistake. Yeah. Huge oh, mistake. Lord. Oh my goodness. There's video out there. Like they, like they were like, I think it's like on Facebook. They did like a Facebook live video of, Hey, this is our friend, Karen. You know, they called each other. This is our friend, Karen. She came down to make sure we're behaving. Oh my goodness. They were relentless. This poor woman. And she just sat there and took it all. But I was like, Oh, good golly. Oh boy. She kind of asked for it though. To she be did ask for it. You yeah. don't do that. But yeah. That was a little much. Pretty funny story. Yeah, I had uh, experience with a New Jersey team at a, a uh, college showcase tournament. A huge fight broke out. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah so I had three three of my players play as guest players for another a rival team. The coach asked me to help him coach because he had two teams in the same tournament, different age groups. So I was his assistant coach, but when he was the other game, I had to coach the team that my girl, my daughter and two other girls were playing for him. And uh, we played a team from Jersey, and they had a girl who was the best soccer player I ever saw. <laughs> she was this big blonde girl, super fast. We had fast players on the team. She was faster than our – and we had really fast players. She was faster than them, but she was physical, strong, skilled. She scored three goals in, like, the first nine minutes. But their whole team was, like, tackling late, and they were, like, purposely – they'll take the extra two steps after you pass the ball and slam into you, that kind of thing. Well, we had this big defender in the back, this big girl, right, and she's – you know, strong kid, competitor, and she cleared a ball, and this this kid from the other team who was a striker, she came from behind, slid behind, took her out from behind a slide tackle. And they had this this lady, a little bit older lady, refereeing the center ref. She wasn't doing anything about any of this stuff. And I'm the assistant coach. I'm not going to be yelling or anything. Now, the other guy was was from New York, the coach, the head, our head coach, and he's yelling at you know, and not doing any good. And so this girl gets taken out over on the parent island. She gets up and just punches the other girl in the face. <laughs> And I was just like, what just happened? And then my second thought was, oh, dear God, somebody save her because the <laughs> other girl just got mad. Punched her back, knocked her on the ground. She was on top of her on the ground holding her hair and just punching her in the head. Oh, man. So the girl that our girl that's on the ground getting beat up, her older sister is sitting there on the side. She comes over, grabs the other the girl by the hair, pulls her off, starts punching her. Next thing you know, there's a melee on the sideline with the parents <laughs> and stuff. I was like, I'm watching this occur in a, a girl's soccer game. And I'm like... What's going on here? Crazy. <laughs> Two police cars had to, had to show oh. up. Four policemen stood on the parents' Ooh. side and the rest of the game. The good news is that the girl for the other team got red carded, and our girl got red carded, but their girl was their best player. And we came back and tied the game because their you know their best player was yeah. gone now. But I was like, like wow, I didn't know this could happen. That's it's crazy. Just, it's it's kind of crazy how family can get so emotionally involved in, in a sport like that. Yeah. Like, and everybody's right, like, when it's going on. like. Well, this was totally the referee's fault, and I told her that. We, I, I mean, we're all out on the field trying to break things up and whatever. And, and, and I went up to her, I said, you know, I said, this is your fault. You, could, you needed to get control of this, you know, earlier. Yep. 
and you didn't. And she was just shell shocked. The, 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 like, chairman of the group that was putting on the tournament were there. All the leaders of the tournament would just watch this game from there. So, yeah, <laughs> crazy. You so, didn't get kicked out of the tournament then or anything, I take no, it? You just kept no, on no, going? No, just kept playing. That's amazing. I've never seen a full, like, well, I guess we did one time. We were playing down in Maryland and we saw a full fisticuff over on an adjacent field. And the funny thing was, our game, like, literally, it just stopped. Mm-hmm. Like this happened, and like this field beside us, <laughs> like like bench clearing brawl, all the players and parents and co- I mean, it was it was like not, and like literally like our game was like happening, and then it just wasn't happening, and yeah. like everybody was just watching this this event unfold on the other side. Yeah, crazy. So soccer coaching, that's right. All right, hold on though. So I I do have to say, so Mater is pretty quiet. All right, but what I loved about Mater when I, I guess we've coached together for what's it been three or four years probably? Yeah, that we've yep. coached these the boys together. Then after Shane retired and I came over, what I what I love he might have to beep this one part out because it's going to be a quote direct quote. Um, like our our boys our boys were kind of struggling a little bit and they were having a bad tournament and like Mater's always like so quiet and like just low key. He always lets me argue with the refs anymore, right? And so everything, everything's like really quiet, and the boys are struggling a little bit. And, and Mater takes the boys to the side, and he just says, "Boys, you guys need to remember one thing: you guys are badass. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go out on the field and show that other team that you guys are badass." And, the, and I'm like, "What? Whoa, whoa, wow! I didn't expect that to come." Out. And you know what? It was it was perfect. That's all the boys needed to hear. Like they were just like, I think they were so shocked that you said it too. Yeah. That they were like, "Yeah, that's right. We are. We forgot." Yeah. And they went yeah. out and they played their guts out and yeah. like beat a team that like had a really really good record and were like really highly ranked. And, and the boys just destroyed them. So yeah, well, you know that's so that, that's that, effective when you don't talk that way usually. Right. And that's what it is. Like he's so, so quiet that it was like so unexpected. Like I was like I was like, "Whoa, didn't didn't see that like, one coming." It's like using profanity. Yeah. Right? If you if you use it all the time, not only is it vulgar, it's kind of unnecessary, but it loses its effectiveness too. Cuz I never ever cursed in the last year I coached my girls were playing indoor against our rival, the guy that used to was recruiting players off my team, we recruited the best player on my team to go play for him, so it was this huge rivalry. He had all all the best players from a large area of Pennsylvania came to play for him, and we played him with just my little girls in the playoffs in the indoor soccer. And uh, before the game, I was, like, talking to girls. I finally just said, you know what? I'm just sick of losing. Why don't we just go out there and kick their ass? <laughs> and, and the girls looked at me like, because I never swore. And uh, and they like, well, all right. And they went out there. We won 3 nothing in a 20-minute game because yeah. the games are shortened. And it was so I, I, I say it was my brilliant move strategy using the <laughs> yes. curse word. Yeah. The girls will say no. Had Apparently it works because yeah. I mean, that's the two, two. But the point is that, you know, if you if you just use that stuff all the time, then it's yeah. ineffective. They're, de- they're desensitized to it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you know, it's just vulgar and you don't need to do that. Right. It doesn't make you sound good. But it gets attention like it shows that you're passionate a little bit. Yeah. At yeah. times and, and raw. Yeah. Yeah. It's OK. Yeah, and I felt like I, I'm so impressed by what the boys do. I love watching watching actually uh, both teams play and it's amazing like i can coach and tell them what to do but i can't kick a soccer ball straight yeah but yeah. they can juggle it for an hour and just do that's crazy your, stuff. all because of your brilliant coaching that's yes. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean they're just you know they put a lot of work in and they're fast and i don't know they're just fun to watch yeah and they've beaten some like killer teams and it was just like they needed a shot in the arm and i felt like they, they just needed to know you know like so yeah. as so as a leader coach running a business what what's the most important quality or thing that you can do as a leader or two maybe most important things 
Um, I mean, I think I think that's that's super tough uh, question. There's there's so many important things, but um, I think you you know, for, for me, I like to be positive with with the team and build them up, um, and and let you know let them fail, but also let them succeed, and, mm-hmm. and let them take credit for for their success, and not be like, you know, I'm so smart because I hired that guy. You know, right. it's like you're doing a great job. Keep, you know, keep, keep up the good work. So, so give, give praise and credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, along the same lines, you know, maybe if things don't work out, you know, don't put it all on somebody else's shoulders. You know, th- that's where, where you take the credit as a, as a leader. Um, so that's maybe not the most important thing, but I think it's a, it's an important. So you, aspect. so you give the praise to your people when, when you're successful, but you take the blame when you're not. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, I, I think it, it makes people want to be part of the team too. And we've just been, you know, a, as a business, just been blessed with really good people over the years. Um, and it's, you know, really to no credit of mine, it's, you know, I've got, I've got good people and, you know, the Lord's watching out for our business, wants us to be mm-hmm. successful. Um, so when things aren't going right, um, I'm kind of slow to make changes and changes, you know, just kind of happen at the right time and the right, the right people walk in at the, at the right time. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of amazing to look back and see how things, how God works and, and does different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, you know, just, just fortunate. You know, I like to, I like to think that I'm pretty smart, but you know, at the end of the day, I also like to think that I'm really not that smart and God's really looking out for me. Yeah. And, uh, and that, uh, as long as he wants things to go the right way, they're going to keep going the right way. There's not much I can do about it one way or the other. Right. Do things for his glory. Yep. Yep. Do you do anything like, uh, weekly, daily, monthly kind of, I don't know, huddles with your employees or anything like that? Um, so I'm not, I'm not very good at consistency. You know, I've had uh, weekly meetings set up. I've had bi-weekly set up. I've had monthly set up. Um, and now I just kind of do it. I, I really don't, I don't like meetings for the sake of meetings. Sure. Sure. Right. Cause, cause, um, when, when we had them, it would just get, um, I don't know, it wasn't as productive as it maybe could have been. Uh, but I do try to do, if not monthly, bi-monthly, uh, meetings, uh, and not necessarily with everybody, but we try to do things with service just to get together, do things with the body shops, just again, just to get together, um, give everybody a pat on the back for the most part, but also to see, you know, what are we doing that's not working? What are we doing that you think we can do, do better? Right. Um, and <clears throat> when we have them spaced out like that, a lot of times we'll get some good information, but it's, it's hard to, cause you know, a lot of people don't like to speak up like they know and, and they'll have conversations amongst themselves and I'll hear about things. But then when we have a, a meeting <laughs> and we're trying to set uh, um, an avenue for change, you know, a lot of times people, people are quiet. So it's hard sometimes to draw that, draw right. that out. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, uh, we, we do have, have those meetings and we do call people out for, for, uh, you know, good behavior, mm-hmm. never, never call anything out for, for bad behavior in a, in a meeting, but, right. uh, lots of, always lots of good things to call out. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Would you describe your style of leadership as relational? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely get, have get to know your employees. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Make sure they know you care. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, if I if I have a fault, it's probably being a little too too soft and too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, and, and I have lots of faults. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's one of them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, um, everyone becomes like family. Um, so sometimes, you know, discipline can be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's nice though that they feel comfortable coming to me and they can, you know, call me out in my shortcomings too. Right. Wow. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Candor books works both ways. That's right. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Well, that's great. Um, do you guys have any ways you get involved with the community? Um, so yeah, we have, um, we, we do lots of different things. We try to do different community events. Um, we do, um, a Christmas event. We do a Halloween event. Uh, we do a kid's car show in the summer. Um, and, and other, other things. And we've established, um, we call it Hawkins helping hands where we try to come up with different things where we can get out in the community and, and help out. Um, we haven't been overly active. I'd like to kind of focus on that in the, in the upcoming year to, um, to try and get just our people involved in, in doing something to help the community. It doesn't matter what it is, but I know, you know, when I'm active and do something, I, I feel good about myself. Yeah. Um, and I know it'll, you know, help other, other people, you know, feel, feel proud of their accomplishments and, and what they've done. Yeah. It's something I've always admired from the outside looking in <clears throat> with your, with your dealership is that you're always doing different things for the community. And you mentioned, you're right. Like the big Christmas event, Halloween, that's coming up this, this Saturday, right? Yep. Put a plug in here. Hey, if you got nothing going on Saturday, October 29th, 29th, 29th right? Yeah. Uh, head that'll, out to Hawkins. That'll be a couple of days late. What? Oh, son of a gun. Yeah. Sorry. If you're listening to this now, you missed it. That's right. <laughs> Too bad. So I'll take should've that back. There. All right. We always get You should have been there. What's yeah. the Christmas date? Do you know that one? We can plug that. Uh, well, I should, but I don't. Uh, it'll be probably the first Saturday in December, but it'll be out there. There it is. All right. Look forward to more information. Supports Little League, I know. You support yep. uh, the local AYSO yep. uh, organization. Going back to the car show thing, that does remind me. What do you, th- what do you think of... <clears throat> What do you think of a parent that shows up to like the hot? So the car show is like the little, like the power wheels things, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? The battery operated cars. And so all these kids come with these cars and he does these races and he's got like, like I went this year to watch like, is that like sprinkler out to like water down the track and the kids are doing laps and they're, they're just having an absolute blast. It's awesome to watch. But what do you think of a parent that shows up with his two boys and doesn't have their batteries charged for their for their <laughs> Hot Wheels. Like the kids come there, and and the one the one kid ends up having to ride around in like this Barbie Jeep because his dad had who was this <laughs> beach ball. Oh. <laughs> his son had to drive around in his little Barbie boy, Jeep oh instead. Boy. Poor beach poor kid. Ball. Yeah. So it's a, it's a little I had to bring fail. it up because I know he listens every week. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little fail, but it's a big parenting fail. Yeah. Yeah. In his defense, though, it was kind of a last minute decision. Don't to make come. excuses for him. So it was cool. I was I was really happy that he came. So it was yeah. it was pretty cool. The best part is beach balls. You know, he's just a, a little, a little yeah, competitive, a little right? Bit, yeah. And so when his kids' batteries are like, bleh, his kids are getting their, <laughs> <laughs> the boys are getting their doors blown off by the other ones that yeah. have full charges. Oh, it was kind of funny. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Jake, who basically helps us put on the put on the car show, had like two or three different cars for there for his daughter yeah uh so beach falls uh, the barbie car boys, Got the barbie yeah, car we're able yeah. to, to, <laughs> to snag the barbie car that was like souped up a little bit <laughs> the souped up barbie car yeah I'll do, no no seriously like some parents got okay all right this this is coming from the dad who like used every possible uh extension of the rules available for like pinewood derby okay like for the for the kids whenever they would do the pinewood derby cars so i can't say too much but 
parents are bringing these battery operated cars that they've like juiced up with so like they, they come with like a six volt battery yeah. and some of them convert them to a 20 volt okay so you can imagine what that does to the the power and the speed and it's it's really funny because some of the kids some of the kids are old enough to handle it and uh, some of them it just like throws them back in the seat and it's hysterical <laughs> And, and they get, they replace, like, well, they do something with the wheels so that they're, like, rubberized because the normal wheels are, like, plastic. So, that you know, yeah. you, you can hit the gas and try and give it all the horsepower you want, but it's just going to spin. Well, these yeah. things, they, they put, like, rubber on the bottom. What was that? One girl had that car. Was it a, what kind of car was it? It was a, was an Audi or something? It would do a wheel stand. They had oh, to yeah. put wheelie bars on the back oh, of this Lord, thing. Yeah. She would hit the gas. Every time. And legit, like, the wheels would come up off the ground, like, a foot to two feet. And, like... It, it was crazy. And she, her head would snap back. It was it was awesome. And she'd just laugh. <laughs> yeah. Carry this on. is central Pennsylvania, folks. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. NASCAR is big. That's right. <laughs> and apparently cheating. Well, it's finding the gray areas in the rules. Yeah. Okay. And the first and year you were caught off guard, though, right? Because you didn't think that parents would do this. I, hadn't, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I didn't know it was a thing until then. And there was like, I don't know, three or four people that showed up, like, ready to go. And the dads were like how I would picture beach ball would show up. Like they were, they were ready to go. They were intense and they wanted their kid coming in first and couldn't believe somebody had a faster car, you know, but it was all in fun and everybody had a great time. It was, it was pretty neat. You know how much I'm into NASCAR? This was about three years ago, something like that. Uh, I had to pick a a friend of mine up at the airport, Wilkes-Barre airport. And on the way back, we stopped in Wilkes-Barre to get lunch at a Jersey, Jersey Mike's. Right, so we're in there eating lunch, and uh, on our way back to Danville, which so now we're about an hour away from home. But anyway, we're in Wilkesbury, and uh, Wilkesbury is not far from Pocono Downs, which is where one of the NASCAR races are. And we're sitting there eating, and and this uh, this car pulls up, and it's a NASCAR truck, or whatever has all the like the guy's number on it and stuff. I think it was twenty four. Anyway, they all walk in, and they all got the uniform on with the same number. I think it was twenty four. I think it was forty eight. 48. Yeah. I remember the story. I remember the story. Whatever his number is. And so, um, they're all line order in the hoagies and we're just about finishing up. And I turned to my friend and I said, I said, who's number 40. We looked it up. It's a Ricky John, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, not to be confused with the football coach. And, uh, so we're leaving and I went to get a refill on my drink to take with me. My friend went out, out, already left the restaurant out to the door. And the first guy from, from the, from the team, with the NASCAR uniform comes up and I'm filling my drink and I said, Hey, are you Jimmy Johnson's crew? And he said, yeah. I said, Oh yeah, I didn't, I don't know. I just looked up the number and saw that. I said, you guys running Pocono this week. And he's like, yeah. I said, well, good luck. He said, okay. And he looked at me like, like, like I was like goofy or something. Turns out, get outside. It was Jimmy Johnson. I was talking. (laughs) I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea. So he was probably looking, he was looking at me like weird. I was like, why is he looking at me so weird? I don't, you know, just, that's great. Like I walked out and, and the, so this guy, Austin, he shows me, we get in the car, he shows me Jimmy Johnson's picture. I said, oh, I was just talking to him. <laughs> yeah, so that's how much I'm into, you know, NASCAR, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I like NASCAR too, but I don't know if I'd recognize Jimmy Johnson either, so. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it turns out he was pretty good, right? Yeah. 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 He was, he's not good anymore. Is he good now? He's retired now. Retired now, yeah. 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 Yeah, he won some like championships or something, right? Yeah, he's he, right seven seven in a row. Seven in a row. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> See how it took Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. You might have heard of those names, I did, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they they had seven as well, but didn't win them all consecutively. Oh, oh, so this guy might be the the goat. Yeah, 
Oh, well, I met him. Yeah, many would say he was a goat because he, he way too young to be retired. He was in a more competitive era. Oh, okay, whatever. Of, uh, of NASCAR. Well, there you go, NASCAR. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so here's a question for you. What's your least favorite exercise? Oh, boy. Uh, that's actually really easy. Uh, Bonnie Blairs. I, Bonnie Blairs? I hate yeah. Bonnie Blairs. Huh. Bonnie yeah. Blairs. Yeah. I can't really do them very well. We have for to do one. them the way I do them. I basically, easier. I ba- well, I basically just do lunges instead yeah. of like jumping lunges. But yeah, yeah they just zap, zap it out of me. So how tall are you? Six foot. Six foot. And how much do you weigh? 255. 255. Like I said, we're Clydesdales. You're a bigger Clydesdale than me, but he's, he's a squatty legger. He's a <laughs> squatty legger. Yeah. But he shows up and runs with us Jackie leggers. Absolutely. Respect. Absolutely. Yeah, respect. <laughs> Absolutely respect. So did you lose any weight when you since you started F3? Well... The, the other, I like to exercise. The other problem is I really like to eat he as like well. The queen's yeah. out of control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can relate. But you, you're I'm, doing a good job avoiding those sopadillas I, I gave you there. You know, I can, I can do it. I can do it. So yeah. I'm definitely, this time next year, or actually prior to the BRR, I will be down at least one pound. But <laughs> <laughs> probably. Probably. A few more than at that. At least one pound. At least one there pound. There you yeah. go. Yeah. No, I'm shooting, I, I'm shooting for for 20 down 20 i'd like to be down a little more but yeah well set, you know set a reasonable expectation you can't out king your queen no and i've tried uh, yeah i have tried yeah it doesn't work but although i found that the the less i lift weights and the more miles i run the easier it is for me to lose weight i don't know why yeah. but if, if i'm running like eight ten miles a week but i'm lifting three four days a week I'm, i actually will gain some weight and it isn't all muscle weight. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the classic go-to. Yeah, oh, you're just not. gaining muscle weight. Yeah, bull crap. No, yeah, I just right. can't stop eating. And then it's even more so when I'm lifting. So, like, when I'm mostly running and I don't lift, then I could drop. And then it's just easier for me to drop weight when I'm doing that. Yeah. For whatever Yeah, reason. mostly I, I blame my wife because she's a pretty good cook. There you go. And yeah, if, yeah. She, if she just cooks, like, a small portion for me, I think I'd be fine. Yeah. But she tells me I need to develop portion control. Yeah. Which I just, you know. I'm 44. I can't do it. I tried. The good news is it only gets harder. Yeah. Yeah. The the metabolism slows down even more or whatever happens. Yeah. Just need to get some little plates. I do need little plates. (laughs) Little plates. Yeah. Yeah. That does not compute. We just fill them up more frequently. Yeah. Supersizing of America. Right. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite kind of beatdown? You know, it's really funny. I actually really look forward to the shake and bake. I don't really? like to, I, I, uh, I've had different moments <laughs> where I've decided I absolutely hate to run. One of them was, um, at the Tussie 50, uh, last weekend or two weekends ago <clears throat> when I was on my run and it was beautiful. There was like gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The foliage was unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm trying to look around and I'm like, I can barely breathe. I, I was just it puffing pain, and puffing yeah. and, I was waiting in line before the run to pee. Yeah. And I didn't get to pee. Because <laughs> I hear you saying, here comes Thin Cross. Uh-huh. Well, I'm like two back in line. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I'm running. TC showed pee. up earlier than we expected. Yeah, he yeah. did a great job. And uh, I don't know, I'm just like dying, gasping for, for breath. And I'm like, I just don't really like to run. I don't know why I do this. But at that moment, I hated to run. But a lot of times I actually look forward to shake and bake. Wow. I don't. I don't just saying it i don't know why i can't yeah that's put not it in logical. The words but but yeah i i do enjoy shake and bake even though i don't really like to run mm-hmm. um but i i think i have a lot of room for improvement so maybe I, that's why i like it trying to trying to get a little bit better yeah um 
and I don't know. I like, I definitely like Horsepower Friday, and and I enjoy Horsepower Friday, but it's like kind of my wheelhouse. Yeah. I think I, I think I like things that are just different that we don't do all the time. Right. Um, so I can't think of a specific workout, but all the all the different uh, boot camp style workouts are just fun. Yeah. You know, just just. Um, and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it gives you the unexpected is right. what I was going to say. Yeah. And sometimes when it's a really hard workout, I like to kind of have an idea how much more torture I'm going to put myself through. But at the same time, it's also nice not to know, mm-hmm. you know, just to keep, yeah. to keep pushing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I like, I don't know. I just, I like almost, almost every workout that we do. Yeah. Except Bonnie Blair's. I do not Except like, the Bonnie Blair's. I do not like Bonnie Blair's. Uh, does it want to do the Bonnie Don't Blair's? love don't love burpees, but in small numbers, I can handle burpees. Well, I, li- I like Bonnie Blair's a lot more than I like burpees. I do not like the burpee. Spielberg posted downrange this weekend in Cleveland. Wow. And he, he said we don't do enough burpees. Apparently, they did a lot of burpees. Oh, boy. There it was. Feel free to cue there, Spielie. That's right. Sign up. Bring the burpees. Find a oh, calendar. Boy. Find an opening. Yeah, find oh, an opening boy. in the calendar. All right. Well, do you have any other questions for my man? I got a couple more left, but yeah, there was one I was thinking of, and it's left me. So go ahead, go ahead and do yours. If we need to, we can circle back. All right. So here's a question for you. If you had to pick somebody uh, in the past, you know, somebody's way in the past or current, whatever that you would say is sort of your idol, hero, somebody you look up to, inspirational. Who would that be? Oh man, I, you know, I should have spent some time thinking about this because I've heard you ask this question before. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I didn't spend any time thinking about it. Shame on me. Sometimes uh, you'll hear mine. You can just change the question, and I, I just completely changed the question and answered it the way I wanted to. I yeah, last did. week. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to keep that in mind for the next one. I feel like I'm too late. All right, I've already committed here. <laughs> um, so, um, so like an idol is what you said. Boy, there, I don't know whether like I'm thinking sports. I'm thinking like business. I'm all over the place here. I can't. I can't settle myself well, you in, can on, pick two in on one. Um, help, help me while I'm thinking. Who who is who's your your person? So while I'm thinking, that'll right. put me in the uh, right direction. Well, I think we the re- podcast last week we recorded one of or yeah hasn't aired yet. I mentioned it, but I, I'll mention it again. Uh, Jesus, Jesus is mine. I mean, I know that's like. Oh boy! Everyone said, "Well, oh, that should be my answer." But, uh, but yeah, no, that's it. It's Jesus. It's, it's yeah, the guy a good, I need to be like. Good. Um, outside of the Lord, um, there's a lot of guys that I look up to. George Washington is one of them. I mean, he was, uh, um, you know, he led in a very difficult way. Had to be think outside the box, and he had to learn. He had bringing guys that came over from Europe, like Kosciuszko and uh, Lafayette and other guys. And the guy, oh, anyway. Uh, to teach his, to help help him to teach the army and uh, and things like that. So he was willing to to do that. But at the end, he's the guy that held it all together. And he could have been named King George I of America if he wanted to. The the, the Congress had no power. Um, but he went in, handed over his sword, went back to his farm, just like Cincinnatus did. The guy, the Roman general, was on his farm. The Romans needed him. He went and he won this great battle and everything. Came back as a hero. Could have been named emperor. He just said, nope, handed over his sword, went back to his farm. So George Washington's up there. Of course, Abe Lincoln, the Apostle Paul. All right. So I'm good. I got mine. All you right. Gave, Did gave I talk a, long you, enough? To you get gave you? a great history lesson. Thank you very much. All right. Um, so I think 
And actually, on one of the times you were talking, this kind of came came to mind uh, on a previous podcast. But um, I I would say actually my dad um, for for a lot of different reasons. Um, but he's he's just always been super hardworking. Um, yeah. And and uh, very loving, very kind, uh, very generous, and just he always. Um, or I should say never puts himself first. Yeah. He always puts someone, someone ahead of him. Um, and I've a lot of, a lot of times, you know, tried to, um, you know, when you're trying to be good at something, you know, you pick some, somebody who you think is the best and you compare your, yourself to them. And a lot of aspects of my life, I try to compare my, myself to my dad. Yeah. Um, and I fall short. Um, but he's, you know, just one of the, one of those people that I can really look up to and admire. Yeah, and I know his good dad. Good choice. He's a good dad, man. It's a very good choice. He's a very good man. He's he's everything you said, and but that reminds me. I didn't ask you about your faith. Tell us about your faith. Um, so, uh, at at a very, I, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, went to Christian school through eighth grade. Um, at a very young age, uh, I asked Jesus to be my savior, um, and just kind of had what I would say, kind of an easy Christian life. Um, you know, a lot of people have, have stories or hardships that they go through. Um, and I never, you know, can't say that, that I had that, that brought me, uh, closer to the Lord. Um, but I had, you know, the schooling, um, and, and both parents that, uh, are very strong Christians, um, and grandparents, um, that, that were strong Christians. Um, so I kind of have that to, uh, to fall back on. And, and again, one of those things, one of the aspects and characteristics of my dad that I, that I look up to um, <clears throat> is his love for Jesus. And a lot of times, you know, in church, um, I find myself comparing myself to my dad, and I always hear you should compare yourself to Jesus, which I try to do, but um, at the same time, that's sort of where, where I, I'm kind of drawn to, just because... Your dad's so a little from, bit, it's a little more un- obtainable, right? Yeah, yeah. it's definitely more obtainable and, and just, yeah. you know, so familiar. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, definitely have, have lots of, of work to do there as yeah, well. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're doing, a, you're doing a really good, good choice job, there. So. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah. Well, that's why we had you on the podcast. <laughs> High impact, man. Thank you. Um, did you get, did you get your question yet? Well, yeah, and, and it, it, it kind of ties in here really good. So that was a perfect it's almost like we planned it this way. So, so like, how does your, like, how does your faith tie into like running your business? Cause I, I always think that's probably a little challenging Yeah. in some ways. Cause yeah. you, you know, your, your employees can hold it against you maybe yep. in some ways and it can kind of create some unique challenges there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just curious your, your perspectives as a, as a Christian owning a business. Um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely, um, I would say is, is a guiding light. So, for for me, and you know, it's it's funny because transitioning from my dad uh, to myself, I can't say that we've specifically spoke about it, but you know, making money is not the the main priority. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's um, something that we we obviously try to do, but it's not like do or die type of type of yeah. thing. And I mean, I guess in the end, you know, if you didn't make money, you you would go out of business, but um, that's not, that's not the focus. The focus is, is just doing the right thing. Um, and, and a lot of times we'll look at, we'll look at scenarios where we feel like, um, we shouldn't 
spend or pay for this or that. But then we, we look at it, try to look at it from the outside perspective and we're like, eh, we, you know, maybe, maybe we will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, I guess a good example cause it's not a specific, um, item, but, um, I, I think the way, uh, handle employee conflict, you know, is, is another way, uh, just kind of very soft, um, and, uh, forgiving in a lot of, a lot mm-hmm. of different aspects of the, of the business. Um, there's lots of, um, lots of undertones, I would say of, of running the Christian business. And there's probably a lot of things that we could do, um, to make it, to, to bring it more to the top, um, that, that maybe I, I don't do. Um, but there's, there's just different, different little things. Um, I, I haven't personally sold a car for, for a while, but there's been a few times where, um, I've prayed over cars with, with people just, you know, keep people safe and, 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 you know, work out well, which has always been like very rewarding. Um, cause, uh, the, the people that, that I do that with really appreciate it. And it's just kind of a neat experience yeah. for, for me. Um, and then there's, there's just different things that we support, you know, throughout the community, um, that we, um, kind of put the money toward that, you know, is, is faith-based. Cool. Nice. Good question. Thank you. All right. Final question. Yeah, I think so. Final question. All right. It's your chance. Speak to the men of America. What's your message for the men of America? So uh, this is the one thing that I actually paid attention to and and gave gave some thought to, and I think it's actually a really hard question to answer. Um, but I wanted to kind of be true to myself too, and not you know give uh, some famous quote or some. Uh, like a blanket statement. So my, my message to the men of America um, would be to smile, uh, control what you can control. And that's your attitude. So uh, for me, when I smile, it just puts me in a positive, positive attitude, positive outlook on life. Um, So you can't, can't control everything that happens in your day, but you can control your attitude. So go into your, every day in every situation with a smile, even the hardest situations with a smile. Um, and things will be brighter than they would be if you didn't go into it with a smile. Wow. That's Might not good. always work out perfect, but yeah. control your attitude. Nice. Turn that frown upside down. Turn that frown That's upside it. down. That's it. Yeah, smile your way through life. That was uh, takes, Victor Frankl. It takes more. And search for meaning. One thing you can control is your attitude right. in any given circumstance. Takes more muscles to frown than it does a smile, right? I have no idea, but that sounds that's good. That's what they say. And everyone's always uh, a little prettier when they. I'm smile. sure you've read about it. You've yeah. had to read, yeah. read about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but a, is, I don't know if it's true. Okay, <laughs> it's a medical fact. Okay, I believe you. Google I'll, it. I'll believe you. Google it. All right, I'll Google it later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sam's smiling now. I that's smile right. a lot. I think you do. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks I for having s- me on, guys. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah, we've been really to have good. you for quite a while, and we had a spot, so it's yes. good. So we got this guy who's a, a community leader, a business leader, a faithful husband, father, a coach, philanthropist, second FQ. I think he's a high impact man. He's a high impact man. All right, well, thanks for joining us, buddy. Glad to have Thank you in your you. packs, brother. Appreciate it.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.